Hey, fellow tennis nerds, I hope all is well. I have a familiar guest that you have probably heard before, Henrik Wallenstein. He is a very good player, a Davis Cup stringer for the Swedish national team, and he is a racket nerd extraordinaire. He reviews rackets for Tennis Nerd and for the Swedish tennis magazine. So he's really well versed in the racket space. And he's had his hands on the new Ultra version 4 from Wilson, which I've not played yet. So I thought it was interesting for us to have this conversation while I'm waiting for a demo from Tennis Warehouse Europe to arrive. So Henrik, first thoughts about the new Ultra. It's a really good it's a good update. When I got the racket in my hand the first time, you can see straight away that it's just not uh, another paint job with some new technology. It's a brand new mold. Um, and my first impression was, this looks like a clash. That was my first impression. It's like um, you get the clash feel when you, when you have it in your hand. Um, the frame geometry looks pretty much look alike. And uh, it's a it's a clash vibe to to the entire racket and um yeah it's nice to see that they do something with the ultra because it feels like wilson was a bit lost with the ultra it was uh, super hard super stiff and not many players really liked it it didn't get any real get any fan base among the players uh, it received a lot of negative feedback yeah, at least from what i heard and the ultra is a racket that could and have the possibility to be a really popular frame and yes the first impression holding the ultra version 4 in my hand is um, that it's something new something fresh and i think it could be yes by the first look it it, it promised very good yeah it looks really amazing and i think what they've done well with the new cosmetic from the blade and the clash and now the ultra is that it's a it's a very nice kind of color shifting design and and i think it's a, an improvement for each line they they produced and they also look a bit different now with the different colorways so i also appreciate like you said that they changed something because when i played the previous generation version 3 it had really nothing that stood out as a good thing like it was a, a decent power racket but it had no dampening there was no uh, did feel a bit clunky, quite thick. And what they've changed here, at least according to the marketing, I, I haven't tried it myself, as I said, but it's they've they've made it play a bit faster. They reduced, I think, the, the stiffness a bit and they reduced the the beam, the cross-section of it. And that's something you notice when you play with it, I, I assume. It feels very fast to swing. It feels like... Um, it's difficult to explain, but it feels... Um, it, it, flies through the air very very easy the old version was it felt very the, the frame geometry was very thick uh, it felt like um, something was gone wrong in when they were, were molding the old version but this one feels very sleek when you're hitting with it it goes through the air very fast and uh, it feels it feels really really good when you swing it it's very easy to use very easy easy frame to generate racket head speed with even if <clears throat> the sample i got was a strong swing weight of around 325 or something and pretty much on specifications uh, throughout and a frame that is 325 swing weight is normally it takes some efforts to swing but it feels it feels lighter to swing than a 
325 swing weight. So I had to double check to see that my machine was calibrated and it was. And um, it's easy to generate racket head speed and it's easy to play good tennis with this frame. Really easy, actually. It was, um, <clears throat> I didn't expect much of it because my previous attempts with, with Ultra has not been good at all. Um, so I didn't have too big hopes, but I was totally blown away with this racket. Actually, it's a frame that I could, uh, okay, it could be the honeymoon honeymoon phase. I've used it maybe 10 times now. Uh, so things could change as we know. Yeah, it's a racket I could easily see myself picking up and play tournaments with, um, ticks all the boxes in my, on my wish list. Yeah, and I think they needed that because the power category, uh, looking at E-Zone 100 from Yonex, <clears throat> the famous pure drive, had this a bit with the Instinct, maybe not their best seller, although it's a, it's a pretty good racket, the Instinct, I must say. But it, it's a very important category, and you can't really let that go. And it, it's interesting with Wilson because they don't have a clear spin category racket like the other brands with the Dunlop SX or the head extreme or the arrow obviously from Babola. they they don't have that so they really need like a racket to gives you good power and and some spin what do you think about the the, the spin potential of, of the ultra i'm comparing it right now with the clash version 2.0 um, the the hitting surface is pretty much identical uh, in the frame geometry in the frame um, outer limits outer geometry and uh, the string spacing on the ultra is uh, more dense it's more tight in the center so it's um, pretty clearly more tight in the middle so it gives you much more control compared to the clash one good thing is also that the strings don't move when i play the clash it's a racket i could also use in matches but the strings are moving extremely much in that racket so you have to like straighten the strings after every shot every point but in the ultra the strings are snapping back straight away so you don't need to uh, correct the strings after each point um but the spin is it's not a spin monster i would not say that this is more a racket for easy it's easy power it's like imagining you're driving a sports car with big power but you have all the assistant uh, programs you have um power steering, you have um, automatic brakes, you have uh, lane assist, cruise control. That is um, something you can say about this racket. It has so much help to play good tennis with not so big effort from you, so to say. The sweet spot is big, it's generous, it's easy to generate racket head speed. It's easy to get power and you don't need to string it as tight as well. Uh, I strung it first time with uh, the Luxilum Vibe, pretty special string it feels very soft almost a rubbery sensation in it and i was using 21.5 kilos and that works well and now i'm trying a very very low cost string from uh, pros pro cyber power it's a good string for that kind of money or it's actually really really good for that money and i have it in 21 kilos and i don't need any higher tension than 21 kilos in this frame to get good control so it feels it feels really really good yeah that's impressive i mean i i was going to ask about the comfort as well because they've they've introduced the 
45, which was called 45 braid before, but that's uh, something to, you know, make it more comfortable. And they also talk about enhancing stability. I don't know exactly what, what it does, but it's in the layup. You haven't had any arm concerns or any feelings of, of like stiffness with this frame. I don't know, actually, because I've tried a lot of very, very stiff rackets during the summer. So I had had some arm issues, but I don't know if it's from this racket or some other racket because I've, I mean, I've tried maybe 15, 20 different rackets during the summer and one or two of those rackets has been too tight or too stiff for my poor old elbow. Um, but I don't feel any discomfort when I'm playing with this uh, racket at all. It feels very, it feels very plush. It feels like it's, um, it almost feels like it's foam filled. I don't know if it's foam filled throughout. I will open up the butt cap now and see. No, but there are some minor silicone in the handle. That's interesting. I don't know if Wilson produces silicone inside the handle of their regular rackets. That's uh, yeah, interesting. That's, that's quite thing. rare, I guess, on, on the retail rackets. Maybe it's a weight thing. I mean, sometimes they do it just to, you know, get the weight on the quality control specs, which I guess is plus minus seven grams. But uh, it's still quite rare from what I've seen, at least. So if you open most um, end caps, trap doors, you know, you look into the frame and the handle, it, it's usually empty these days. And then you have Yonex, you have the VDM tech, which is kind of foam filling and uh, some other brands with foam, but but they don't see a lot of silicone unless you look for like a pro stock frame where, they, where that's what they generally do. I know that some blade brackets that I've been customizing for customers the last couple of years have actually had some silicone inside them. And here, for example, I have, I have a stock, Wilson Blade 100, the version 8. And that was uh, factory sealed for um, from a normal shop. And that has actually silicone, quite a lot of silicone inside the handle. It's one cap is foam filled and the other one has silicone. And that's a normal retail racket. I'm looking uh, at so it right now. Yeah, probably they're doing it to uh, to adjust the weight then maybe. Uh, I haven't seen that so yeah. often, but but it's it's not unheard of uh, that they do that. So okay, you have a Blade Hundred, which is an interesting racket, but because it kind of lands in the middle. Like if we look at the Blade line, it's a more control, versatile frame for advanced players generally. But it's a ninety-eight, the most famous blades. There's obviously a nine hundred four, which is also quite interesting for more, you know, intermediate players to to beginners even. But this one it lands in the middle. So have you had a lot of time with this one or it's quite fresh in your, your hands? I got it yesterday at 5 p.m. and I was scheduled for a practice at 6 p.m. Uh, so I had to do a very rush string job. Uh, <laughs> and I was measuring it at the three-in-one machine from head. And the strong swing weight was 307, which is about 20 points of um, specification from what I remember. So I had to try it in stock and that was way too light 307 is too light in a control oriented frame so i had to put some lead at 3 and 9 to get the swing weight up to at least 320 but i feel like um it's a very good racket to serve with the the blade 100 really really good to serve 
easy to um, generate uh, enough racket head speed and hit solid first serves. Um, and it's good with when you are just standing still and hitting ground strokes. But when you are on the move out in the corners and let's say you are going to hit a, a defensive slice and a rescue shot, then you feel like um, there is um, a little bit lack of power compared to the ultra. The ultra is, I mean, even if you're hitting uh, two centimeters from the frame, um, like almost like a frame shot, then you still have enough power in the ultra and it doesn't twist. The Blade 100 was, 100 was twisting um, a bit, so it's more, I would say the Blade 100 is more for offensive players that um, are attacking. Um, and the, uh, the Ultra 100 is more for grinders um, or doubles players, actually. I would, I would say that this racket would be very good for a good bunch of doubles players because it's rock solid on volleys. It serves very good. It's easy to make reaction shots at net and also very good to return with. And um, the, um, and the net clearance when you're just hitting is pretty good also because the string pattern is so tight in the center. It's the same. I will compare it, the Blade 100 with the Ultra 100 and see how the string spacing is. Uh, the Blade 100 has four openings in the throat and the Ultra has three openings in the throat. So it's six strings in the center throat of the ultra and eight strings in the center throat of the blade it's it's more controlled than yeah the, the blade it's more focused for the for people yes. who really want to attack the ball right you said yeah the the outer strings is actually yeah the outer strings it's like yeah, they are almost at the same place but it feels like yeah, when you're just looking at it as the blade 100 has just a fraction tighter center strings the center center strings in the blade 100 is is much tighter it feels almost like an 1820 like if you compare it to a blade when 1820 in the center in the six center strings it's really tight and then it opens up pretty much out on the corners so i would say this is more control oriented rackets and the, the beam profile of the blade, I assume, is quite a bit thinner. Yeah, it's. I don't have any measurement, but just looking at it, I would estimate a good three, four millimeters at least. Yeah, I've actually but, checked uh, online here, and it's it said twenty-two on the blade, and the ultra was twenty-four, twenty-six, twenty-four. I think. Yeah, something. It's the difference is about four millimeters in in width on the ultra and the blade yeah and that creates a, a big difference in in power obviously and, and stability and and what from what i heard about the ultra it seems to be a a very stable and powerful racket usually you see that with with the thick beam and that they're quite quite stable and it also has something which i thought would create a lot of string movement because that's something we talked about with the clash for example that they the strings move and it's not only that you have to put them back but it's you have to restring the racket quite quickly because the the strings are are, are gone in uh, you know one or two sessions it feels like or maybe three but it, it's quite of a, uh, a not very energy efficient racket because you need to restring it quite frequently here with ultra they have a crush zone that they call the technology it's an innovative grommet system that compresses at impact to provide a larger hotspot and increased ball dwell time. So I thought it would mean like maybe um, 
more open string grommets or something like that. But that if doesn't seem to be the case uh, with what you're saying, they don't really move as much the the strings. They absolutely not uh, moving anywhere near the uh, the clash. I mean, if if I let's say I I bring a brand new uh, strung clash out on the court and I hit for twenty minutes, then it looks like I've been using. Even if I have like a copoly string in it, it looks like I've been hitting 80 hours with a multi-filament. That is the kind of string movement that the Clash generates when I'm playing with it. So it's it's Clash is uh, one of the best rackets I've ever played with. So soft, plush, and comfortable. But the string movements is just disastrous for the racket, or at least when you're playing with spin like me. Uh, and in the Ultra, I didn't have any issues whatsoever and i actually used it against players with atp ranking and it held up really really well um, and it's it's just in stock form i have not uh, customized it whatsoever um, it's playable in at least in the stock in the stock form i got it and that is uh, true to specifications um, no i will see what it says it's 300 grams i think mine was 302 or something and the balance was pretty much spot on at 32 centimeters. And I don't, I have not seen the swing weight yet, uh, the official swing weight, but my, mine was about 325. And um, yeah, it feels, um, it felt really good in stock form. Really that sounds good. like a, a great swing weight to have. I think a lot of these rackets, I mean, obviously, this all depends on the quality control. Like the swing weight is one of our the biggest frustrations for any serious tennis player who wants to get kind of matched rackets or want to, for example, test a racket and you get a demo uh, or like in this case where you get the blade and the swing weight is so low. Like uh, luckily for us, we both have swing weight machines so we can measure it and then try it with a bit more weight added to the hoop. So we get up the swing weight to a more normal swing weight, which would be 320, 325. I think that's a strong swing weight that gives you better stability and some more power uh, generally. When you have swing weights below 310, it, it starts being super maneuverable, but you feel like on off-center shots, you get quite badly punished because there's not enough mass in the in the head of the racket. So um, I think they need to get better at quality control of swing weight because they have this guarantee of, of plus minus seven grams, plus minus seven millimeter balance points, and uh, they need to get better at... Uh, at the swing way as well, because there's no guarantee and they never really list. I was looking at the Wilson website. There's no listing of swing weight. Uh, really the only company I see that, that really measures every racket they have in stock is Tennis Warehouse and, and their affiliates, the Euro, Tennis Warehouse Europe, Tennis Only and so on, because they they actually have the, the possibility to do that. And I, I would like to see more listed swing weights overall. Yeah, the swing weight is the... I mean, I've totally changed my opinion over the years. Uh, the more I have learned about racket customization and the swing weight is pretty much everything. I mean, if let's say I have a 330 gram unstrung racket with a strong swing weight of a 310, and that feels too light compared to a 285 grams racket with a strong swing weight of 330. So the swing weight is pretty much everything. I'm actually checking the specifications from just when I got the the Ultra 100, the balance was exactly 32 centimeters. Uh, the weight was 303.1, so about three grams off, which is, uh, that's okay. The unstrung swing weight was 
289.6 and strung with the Luxilon Vibe, uh, Vibe uh, 125. The swing weight was 323.2. And now with the Cyber Power from Pros Pro, the strong swing weight was 325. So just a little little difference there. But um, yeah, 323, that's pretty that's pretty good. It shouldn't be any higher than that if you want to customize the racket and you don't have so much room for customization. I mean, yeah, I would say for yeah, a, yeah for a for a amateur player, swing weights over three thirty is pretty hard to handle. It's it's easy to use when you are just hitting baseline strokes and you don't move, but in a match over one one and a half hour, a swing weight of three thirty plus, that's hard for an amateur player. It will be, you will even if you are not admitting it, uh, you will lack racket head speed in the end when you are tiring up and then you are late for the shot and then you tend to push the ball long or cannot yeah you're getting afraid of hitting because the racket feels so heavy so don't go too high in swing weight so i would say 323 as this was that's yeah that's pretty much perfect yeah i think it's it's a good point i think when you play when you start hitting from the baseline you can handle 350 swing weight uh, in in many cases but then you, when you play a longer match or something where your muscles are a bit tight because you're more nervous, then swing weight really matters. Like if you're not a competitive like ITF junior or whatever, you know, you're you're a, a happy amateur, probably on advanced level or, or intermediate, but if, with this high swing weight, your, your arm will start feeling tired and uh, you're not going to be able to, to contact the ball properly with the, the same swing speed over and over. And I think that's one of the common mistakes that we you know club players do is is that we we go pretty high swing speed in maybe beginning middle of a match and then towards you know after one hour one and a half swing speeds start slowing down and that's when you start playing much worse and and you start missing because the swing speed obviously gives you control because you had top spin so without that kind of natural spin and good contact point you you start missing so having a more consistent swing speed is so important to being a solid tennis player. So uh, I would agree 100% that if you go too high, it might not be the best if you're a competitive player that try to play tournaments and, and serious matches. Yeah, and also think about if you're changing from, let's say, a 130 string to a 120 string, it could be a drop in like 10, 12, almost 20 points at some cases because the strings are very different in weights. For example, the head hawk, uh, the, the head links tour, that's a pretty heavy string. Um, and if you're replacing it with a lighter string that is 0.05 um, thinner gauge, it could be a drastic change. And it, oh, you, you say like, oh, this string, it doesn't fit my game at all. Okay, but you have to consider that the swing weight has also dropped uh, enormously. So swing weight is also, it's really important to try. Everyone should have, um, I mean, it's not easy to maybe buy that, uh, machine that you and me have the head three in one it's like two thousand euros but um they have the what's called brifindi swing weight machine yeah yeah and uh, i've heard some guys using it and they say it works really 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 well and it's maybe 200 250 euros and um that's manageable for a lot of players yeah it's like a racket pretty much these days yeah yeah it is it is and um yeah I would easily, if I didn't have my 
three in one machine, I would easily uh, invest in that kind of machine because it's it's worth it if you're into your tennis and racket gear. Yeah, I, I agree. Because if you have a machine, you, it's much easier for you to understand partly what swing weight you like, but also if you have several rackets, you can uh, keep keep them matched so you have the same experience when you play. I mean, and like you said about the strings, I have three match rackets, three prestigious that I use. And uh, if I add Lynx Tor, which is one of my favorite strings, a very good string, but on a, on a racket with a pretty high swing weight, that I think that is seven points heavier than the Solinko Hyper G Soft that I use. So, and that's both 125 gauge. So it's it's interesting, like the material and, and the gauges will make a difference in the weight of the string. And you add a lot of weight to the racket head, then obviously the swing weight will be a lot higher. So understanding then what string, if you go maybe for a for less swing weight, you can go for a thinner gauge string. So it's that stuff is very interesting to be experiment with when you have the possibility to understand like how much swing weight something adds, for example. And also, uh, when you're trying, if you're trying rackets from different companies, uh, it's really, really good to ask them for the swing weight because, I mean, I'm trying, for example, the new Head Extreme MP now. And I think the swing weight is supposed to be around 325 or something in that racket. And the sample I got on this one was 307 as well. And it's way too light. I mean, it's for me, it's almost not playable. It feels like a toy. Uh, but if I add lead to it, it's a totally it's an extremely good racket. So imagine if there is a customer testing this racket that don't know about the swing weight or they just feel like, oh, this racket feels way too light. I'm giving it up straight away. I cannot play it. Instead, they are just adding some lead for like two euros and it feels totally opposite, a completely new racket. And Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I did the, the, my extreme MP, for example, was with Lynx Tour on the other hand, which is a bit heavier, but was still like three to five, three to six, something like that. And that's kind of perfect for a hundred square inch racket for me to have that swing weight. It's it's quite solid and beefy, but it's not uh, too much to swing, you know. So um, I, I really liked it. But like you said, you have you can have completely different experience when you get a racket. And and for example, with the new Technifiber. T5 305 ISO. Both you and I, we had very different uh, samples because I mine was with the the installed swing, which was the Razor Code White from Technifiber. I think that was 342, and I also felt it. It felt like a log, like a hammer when you play. Like it was, it was a, not a bad racket, but it was so heavy uh, on the in the contact zone and and getting that swing speed to ensure control was tough you know with these kind of sledgehammer weights and you yours was quite a lot lighter right yeah i mean i'm i um, calibrated my uh, swing weight machine as well so i know that it's spot on uh, but my t5305 i think it was like 312 or something uh, strung with um, the four uh, 4s from technifiber and that was way too light. It felt uh, very hollow and not hollow, but it felt uh, underpowered and too, could I say, is, is flimsy the correct word for it? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, flimsy tells the whole story because it, it doesn't feel solid. And especially when you impact the ball not perfectly in the center, where which is the most stable zone and where you get the most power. 
that's where like these points like swing weight and stability and all these things come into play because we, we don't hit the ball in the center all the time. So when a racket is, is a bit flimsy or a bit too lightweight, then you have that stability issue where you ha- you really shank a ball that you hit slightly off center. And that's not very good for most recreational players to have that situation. So um, I think when they send the rackets to play testers, I understand if you get like a demo from Tennis Warehouse or, or something like that, that's completely different. But if you get something directly from the company, you'd think that they want to check the specs, that it's a, a you know a, a representative model for that that racket. So actually that the racket you get is kind of on spec or within reason that the playtester can understand how this plays at its supposed to be specification so i think that's a bit strange that they don't check but i you know they're they're busy companies but when you have play testers like you and me with with swing weight machines then it becomes kind of obvious or in, even if i didn't have a swing weight machine i would say hey this is it feels like a log to swing i i couldn't play really well with it because it was so heavy for me and then you might have a racket that's 325 and you say oh it's a great racket because it's uh feels good i have control and it's maneuverable. So we have a completely different experience of the same racket because of the quality issues. Yeah, and the only thing that is actually really, really good when you're getting such different spec specifications, it's that the, um, the companies are not sending like uh, pro stock rackets to to trick the play testers. They are sending normal retail frames and that's good. I mean, if you're checking a couple of years ago when they were testing winter tires, they were sending and beefed up winter tires that was much better performing than the retail winter tires and it doesn't looks like they are doing it with the racket so that's a good thing that they are sending like true uh, store rackets and not um, not pro stock versions of rackets to, to trick the play testers um, but as you say like for example with the t fight with some lead so I beefed up it to 325 and then it was a completely different story. It played really, really well and just in my wheelhouse, as they say on, on Tennis Warehouse. Um, but it played really, really well and um, it was a really good frame compared to the first try. Uh, but that's, that could be too late for a regular customer that tries such a light racket and say, no, this is not for me. And then they have missed a customer that that easily could start to use that racket. So I would say that racket rackets companies should actually be more careful about their demo frames. So they are true to specifications and uh, not too much of the, the specifications because they can lose customers and also pretty important or very important to have them strung correctly, not with a, not with um, uh, heavy racket and you have it strung at uh, 30 kilos, for example, and be be more careful about what they are putting into the rackets um, in strings and specifications, and that could help them selling a lot of rackets. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I mean, for example, if I had a, if I was a, a retailer of some kind, and I was having a demo program, I would make sh- I would like my demo rackets to be strung with a very suitable string for the racket. That's just from the retailer point of view, not from the manufacturer. But I, I would obviously want people to say, oh, this is a great racket. It's a good experience. I enjoy it. The string and the racket, they are paired well. The tension is not too high, not too low. 
that's the experience you want them to have. So then you sell more rackets. But if you get something that the string is off or, you know, it's it's uh, it should have been restrung a while ago, and then that changes the whole experience, obviously. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so more control on demo frames that will increase the sale um, of the racket for the companies. For sure, for sure. So all of all the you've been playtesting a lot of rackets uh, in the last couple of of weeks and and months, probably like during summer, and and I have done too. Is there any standout like of the rackets you've tried? That's that's one or two rackets that you feel like this were uh, very very good rackets, or or the like your favorites of, of the bunch? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one racket that was uh, extremely big surprise was the the Diadem Nova One Hundred. Um, that is the best serving racket I have ever tried by far. Wow. It was like, it felt like cheating serving with this racket. It's pretty stiff though. So you have to be careful about your elbow when you're using that racket, but it's foam filled and it feels like, it feels like a mix of a 1997 first edition of the pure drive. Um, as like a pure drive had a love child with a, Pro Staff Classic 6.1. That is the feel you have in that racket. You have very good control, but also very good power, maneuverability, and spin. Uh, that is a racket that was really, really, really surprising me. I didn't expect it to be that good. Um, and also the Diadem Elevate is also like a blade contender. Foam field, really open. Uh, string pattern 1620 but it feels like it's a 1416 or something it's really really open and really soft feel uh, a really good racket to use as well uh, I've also tried the new uh, Pure Aero 100 uh, or the Pure Aero regular racket and it was also really good surprisingly low level of power though it's it feels actually more control oriented compared to um it feels like the same control as like the old Pure Aero VS or something like that. It's really good control. Um, and now the, the Wilson Ultra, the, the racket I've been playing the best tennis with was the Diadem Nova 100 and the Wilson Ultra version 4. By far, that was the racket that I produced my best tennis with. I've also had just too short time with the blade. I've only tried it for like 30 minutes yesterday and I will try it more, but uh, it's, I mean, I'm heavy and old and slow in the corners. So I think it will be too demanding for me. Uh, and I actually, I need a thicker frame racket to get some help out in the corners when under pressure. So if I should um, rate the rackets in like my top three, um, I would say, it's it's really tight between the Ultra One, uh, the Ultra One Hundred, and the Diadem Nova One Hundred. They are like tied for first, and then on the third place is the Diadem Elevate, and then I would say the Pure Arrow is on. If you're then you have four rackets, but what the heck, it's Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Now it's a good rating, and I think it's interesting because yeah, I'm a more of a control racket guy. I really enjoy playing with a slightly smaller head sizes but you you definitely play really well and you're you play against quite advanced players and you like these 100 screen rackets so i think that was a good take on on what's 
been out because that's really been the season of this really been the season of of spin and power frames i would say and this ultra is, is just an extra added to that but uh, kudos to diadem i mean I've, I've tried both of these rackets i was also impressed by them it was quite a while ago but i was i was really impressed by a small up-and-coming company that they can produce these types of frames so i think the the bigger companies will get more competition in the future as well with with these challengers coming up but it's it's a tough game for them if you're going to sell rackets as a smaller brand you definitely need to put them in the hands of professional players on that play on the biggest stage so the grand slams that's where you get the most chance of great success and i i think what we talked about before as well was that if you put for example a uh, a Diadem Nova in the hands of Nick Kyrgios or someone who has huge marketing value, that brand would skyrocket in sales. So, uh, but obviously it's going to be very costly to put uh, that kind of budget. And, and most of them, they don't have that. Uh, I think otherwise they could get some investment capital and really push and make sure that you get like a, a top 10 player or two that could make a, be a game changer. But uh, well, we'll see if that happens in the future. Yeah, but I know some, some doubles players and I know some, players that are well inside the top 100 they don't have any really sponsorship for rackets maybe they get one or two here and there but a lot of the guys if you see on tour they are using old versions of rackets and a lot of guys actually have to pay for the rackets themselves uh, it would be interesting to see if diadem for example when they have such great product if they are trying to approach players ranked maybe 50 60 in the world and see if they can work something out if i was in the um, position to do that for Diadem, for example, or Solinko, I would try to get some higher ranked players because that's, that is what people want to see. If you are not on the big stage, it's pretty difficult, even if you have good marketing, to be noticeable for, for players and kids. They need to have someone to look up to and uh, yeah, it could be interesting or find some new up and coming player. Um, I mean, let's say, for example, if Jensen Brooksby or some other Jack Draper or some other guys are using a small brand and they are growing with the brand together, it could generate enormous boost in the sales. Yeah. I think Dunlop is trying to to push a bit or or they're lucky to in a way that they have a few uh, strong players now like Jack Draper, Miomir Kichmanovic, Poprin now changed from head. We'll see how long that lasts, but but maybe it will, will last and Probably that will that will help their sales quite a bit. You know that they they are not a small brand, but it's still kind of on the side of the big four, uh, who has the the mega mega market share. Uh, but yeah, we don't see a lot of these um, these new new brands yet. But but I think probably in the future we will. I, I, that would be my guess. Yeah, it's fun because then we get more rackets to try. Yes, not the big big four brands. It's fun to test rackets. But yeah, exactly, and also. Like um, there's some yeah innovation possible then because maybe the bigger ones they don't usually when you work for a big organization there's a lot of politics and there's so many processes and people don't want to try new things because they know what sells what sells so there's there's such a, a long process of getting from idea to production while smaller companies can be more agile and and quick thinking and and try something new I actually tried a, a Fury 98, which is a very small brand based out of New York. I did try the 101 last year, and I was I was very positively surprised by that one. I think you should definitely give that a try. And the, the 98 is very, very good. I was super impressed with it. I'm going to do a review later on, but but it's a racket that I really see could have some some strong potential. But then obviously they need some players or some marketing or 
make sure some some juniors who are up and coming play with it. I think that's the the key. Yeah, it will be it will be interesting to see what's happening in the coming years. Um, if we have a new depression, maybe people are trying to look for lower cost options and some of the new brands they are not so expensive yet as the big brands and yeah it could maybe take some market shares on the pure price advantage so so to say so we'll see what's happening in the coming years yeah for sure there's there's room would be also fascinating to see a racket brand that goes outside made in china and and starts producing frames uh, somewhere in europe states other Asian countries, I don't know, but but just produce somewhere else. I'm not saying it's bad to be made in China, but uh, it, it would be interesting to just have more production outside, especially when there are like supply chain issues and and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's something we could perhaps see in the future. And but the issue in the past has been that the, as soon as the production moves outside China, the cost is much higher. So hopefully we they find a way to produce it cheap. I would say that the the best uh, solution would be that they are heating up the engine again down in Kennelbach in Austria and uh, bake some nice PT frames for the public in uh, in Kennelbach. That would be pretty nice, I think. Yeah, that's that's a, <laughs> would be a dream come true for many tennis enthusiasts. All right, Henrik, I'm, I'm going to have to run because I have to uh, go to the shops before they close. <laughs> it's a bit silly, but uh, that that's the situation. I hope we can do this soon again because I always like talking rackets with you and I know the audience likes to hear your voice and uh, our conversations as well based on the data so please uh, everyone listening give give some feedback about these episodes and also write down questions what do you want us to talk about next or hear about gear or do you have any questions related to for example this podcast something we should deal with in our next one and maybe then we can also talk about the blade 100 when you play with it a bit more yeah no problem it would be really fun to talk about that one as well cool Henrik. thanks a lot Thank you. Talk soon. Ciao, ciao.